I have not been marketing my business through social media and online. And so for me, that's new positioning. I do think as we come out of and stay in the pandemic, whichever we do, that, you know, I have to begin mining my next well online, right? Which I had not been. People start to remember function and comfort is ultimate luxury. Sunday, May 24th, Memorial Day weekend. The coronavirus remains. Confirmed cases in the U.S. are now 1.7 million. And by tomorrow, Memorial Day, the death count will have exceeded 100,000. 100,000 American citizens dead on this Memorial Day 2020. Americans are flocking to the outdoors. Venice Beach, Myrtle Beach, to the Jersey Shore. The front page of the New York Times is one long list of names dedicated to the lost with the headline being 100,000 dead. Dr. Burks, the President's Advisory Board, spoke on national TV today and reiterated social distancing and six feet apart. Last episode's title was Hope for the Best, Prepare for the Worst. I can't say it better than that. With that in mind, this episode's a little bit different. We're getting back to work. Sector by sector, city by city. We'll see what happens. Business has changed. The economy's changing. Unemployment. All the other things we've talked about. So we dig here today a little bit deeper into the industry sector of interior design, which allies closely with real estate sales and unemployment and the others. It's an interesting conversation with two of my favorite people in the world, Everett Brown of Everett Brown Design and Bregan Jane of Bregan Jane. Bregan is based on the West Coast, Los Angeles. Everett is based on the East Coast, New York. Both travel the world frequently, sourcing product and have perspective on supply chain as well as the state of their local economies. With that, let's get into the interview. Well, hello. Well, hello. We're in three cities, sort of. That's true. Yes. Hi, Brigham. Hi. Hi, Everett. How are you? How are you? Wait, I, I feel like I, I know you also because I'm in your stories every day and watching all those great posts. Thank you. It's it's fun and crazy and, you know, hard to share it all, but I'm glad you watch. Thank you. I, I can imagine. And with kids in tow, it's very impressive. Oh, thank you. It's just it's just strange, this whole thing. How would you guys classify your industry? What would you describe what you do? So I'll jump well, in. I, I'm in. Yes, <laughs> go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Podcasting. That's I love my it. Fault. No, we both were being polite. Well, I bet you were probably going to say the same thing. I was going to say, I feel like I am in build and design crosses over into your world a bit. Also love a good pillow picking, but I truly enjoy the build aspect of interior design. And I do interior design and I also have a retail side gig, which I call objects and accents. Let's, let's start by talking about life under the pandemic. What has the last two months brought forth? Change either in attitude or approach? Stay, are you inside? Have you started moving around? 
Well, you know, just trying to go through it. I stay very busy. So it was interesting to emotionally transition to being at home 24-7 and also having toddlers at home. We also had current projects happening and still do. So it's just been a complete shift, which I think we're, we're built for. It's, it's weird. I concur. And I say all that to say I'm like Brigan, always on the go, right? Busy, 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 busy. And the last two months, I've been stuck at home. And it's good and bad. Unlike Brigan, I don't have young children. My kids are adults. So it's a little bit different. What we do have in common is we're used to going 24-7. I found the good at being at home is it's been sort of cathartic, sort of rethinking the business and retooling. And that side has been great. But for my business, I had several projects in play that came to a complete halt, although they're back in play now. But a lot of my business has stopped income-wise. So before we talk about supply chain and, and your travels, talk to me a bit about the macro economy. And you say, Rick, your business has come to a halt. And Brigan, you still have projects in motion. In general, for your sector, what are you seeing and hearing from your peers? <sighs> right? So much happening. And, Eric, I want to touch That's on... That's a good answer, Brigan. <laughs> I want to touch on what you were saying about just the busyness. So I also think this is true. You said you had projects that ended or and then now we're back in play, right? So yes. I think... One of the interesting things, no matter what industry you're in, is how hard you run and how fast you go is usually relative to the seas and the, the tide, right? And so I feel like although things are slowing down and changing, they're picking right back up. And I do feel busy. Financial uh, gain in the busyness is, is not there as much. But we all know when we're creating business, right? You work really hard, you work really hard, and then you make the real estate sale. But there's months of work ahead of time. Right now, everything for everybody, for the, you know, we're all sort of aligned, are in this moment of just getting the listing before we take the photographs, like hustling for what we know will return and normalize because we run fast. Very well said. And Brigan, I know that you travel extensively and source product worldwide, as does Everick. What are you seeing in terms of your know, global supply chain? Are you seeing changes in pricing? Do you think you'll use the same amount of goods, same sort of goods from overseas, or maybe shift more to domestic manufacturers? Or just how do you look at the supply? Simpler than that, I have to request more from people for less because it's that moment in life. People are working. So right now I don't have any like stone coming in shipment containers like I did last year from Italy. You know, like I don't have the port changes and fees. Like I'm seeing weird stuff happen, but there's a lot of forgiveness in delivery. So as long as you can deliver, there seems to be a lot of forgiveness in what would not have been forgivable before, even when it comes to installation, right? Like that same person who's like, I need this done in three days and blah, they're like, oh, it's fine. Like as long as you can work and get it done over the next month. So I think people recognize the demand changes, but, but 
I do have to watch my budget. And when it comes to my staff that helps me sometimes physically move furniture, I've taken this opportunity to requote our work and our expectations of what that is. Like we're resetting with a lot of vendors. A lot of my manufacturers had sort of closed down and I think they're going through the same thing we are. They're sort of retooling and figuring out how to do business during this new normal time. What I'm experiencing is people are starting to open up slowly but surely, or they were quietly doing business when they shouldn't have been doing business. In terms of my overseas business, I think it's a little premature to talk about because those goods haven't come in, right? Those deliveries just came to a complete stop or they got tied up in customs. So we won't know yet where that's going to be. But if I had to predict, I would say we're probably looking at prices going up. And I would definitely, but I've already been shifting towards domestically made. I prefer custom made um, Mm -hmm. in the U.S. anyway. So I I don't think I'm going to experience as much of a problem. Just hopefully a domestic guy will stay agile. Regan, when you talk about resetting, are you finding that you have, in the nicest possible way, of course, more leverage with your manufacturers, suppliers? I do have more leverage because I I am working and I'm at the perfect stage of project planning. And that just happened in sort of what was going on with my client base. Like, I, I... you know, the planning phase is a great phase to be in right now and the budgeting phase and the sourcing phase because you do have more leverage with pricing. Is it fair to say that both of your clientele are top of the pyramid? Yeah, if what you're asking is my clients are not starving, they're not worried about where their next paycheck or whether or not they're going to eat. I think they've just come more, become more value conscious Yes, I, I would say I cater to a very upscale clientele. Are you getting any sense yet to what I call behavioral economics and topics of that sort? Attitudes changing? Um, I, I Yes, the answer is yes. But I think that shift at this end of the market is different than what you'll see at the other side. Right. So by that, well, I mean... Yeah, I was going to say by that, I mean, rather than, you know, somebody maintaining three homes, they might maintain two. Or instead of taking five vacations a year, they might take three. I have a theory on this, though, because I have two separate clientele and one is new and has come by way of television, right? Was just on Extreme Makeover that brings other opportunities in the everyday mom market that is not top tier. And so I'm watching both the clients that, you know, I'm working on their retail store in Beverly Hills, like one street over from Rodeo Drive. Yes, it's very top tier, right? And it's, Everick said, I echo everything. But also on the level of like social media marketing, there seems to be a surge specifically in the home space that's very interesting because the home has become valuable and even just the amount of requests for responses for like PR, like CNN pieces, they're coming in really hungry to interior designers because we're all stuck at home. Right. Right. That's interesting. There's a, so now I'm going to interject 
my Please. thoughts for a minute. After the Great Depression, you had the savings rate go up tremendously, meaning uh, we went from the roaring 20s where it was one big party to a really ugly time with unemployment and the like. And we had an entire generation of people that would now be grandparents and great-grandparents that were shell-shocked, saved money the rest of their lives, and, and that never left awesome. them. We went through something in 08 that was not nearly as bad, but we got a mm-hmm. sense. And now I think that we are potentially facing something larger than 2008. We just don't realize it yet. That, with that in the backdrop, we have something that has changed. And this idea of Fortune 500 and even smaller companies learning that we don't have to have our workforce in the office five days a week, 40 hours a week. So with this shift to working at home, I, I suspect that you all will see a major change in sort of the thrust of, of your business for at least some folks. What do you think about that idea? Yeah, I, I agree. I thought that's exactly what Brigham was just saying. You, you're definitely, because people are spending more time, you'll have people wanting to make improvements on their home. Um, But I think that conversation is a little bit different or that question is different than, you know, how people are spending money. So we are home. People are going to start saving money. The question is, will there be a flow of cash that continues to invest? Um, So the way I see it, Tom, is... A lot of the middle class, and I mean the true middle class, is going to drop, right? They're the ones that have been free-flowing, spending money that they don't have, right? As opposed to that 1% group or the 2% group that has money, they'll spend it in a different way. But your true middle class that might be close to living paycheck to paycheck or college tuition to college tuition, that group is where I think we're going to see the biggest challenge in how they spend their money and reinvest back into their homes. But for sure, to your point, people will be investing in cooking at home, making their homes um, more comfortable, as well as more practical, right? Because now you're homeschooling kids, you're working at home, and you're trying to work out at home. And so there's a lot more that goes on at this place we call home now. It's very interesting, like even just play as a glutton for business with, you know, the Amazon associate affiliate links. And it's interesting how interested people are in the smallest of things in my home, where they got, where I got them. And they are, they Hmm. are making a physical, uh, you know, they're going to the link and purchasing the item. And it's not in large quantities or numbers, but I enjoy using that business tool almost as a sense to see what's happening. It's just, and the family, it really matters. Homes just, even even in the $2 item on Amazon, for me, are seeing more busyness, more activity than ever in a weird way. particularly in homes like I you know I've got other businesses other things we've all have you know but in the interior design space it's just interesting and will that change how you market I know you're very digitally savvy and you're out there so when you're targeting the the new market for you how will you change your approach or will you 
You know, I think the reality is for me, right, Everick, we've talked about running fast and hard and here and there, and those trips sound crazy to anyone, right? But at the end of the day, I've also had to get to the core of my motivator. Business has been successful enough that my first panic wasn't employees that I keep on staff, because that's where if I'm busy, I would have to cut. What I'm saying is like, I just have to shift and take all the opportunities in all the different markets right now, because I want that position to be able to hire people to help me run it. Does that make sense? Is that weird? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sounds pretty savvy to me. Because, no. I, and I, I appreciate it. I don't want to be bored just like making a new recipe. Like I'm on the phone, developing companies, figuring out what works, relaunching jewelry, like coming up with ad programs. Like, you know, I am busy inside my little box. That's been fun to learn because I think a lot of people assume that busy people when stuck at home would have some sense of relief or you could turn it off. But what I feel is authentically me that I've seen being stuck at home is that I don't stop running, even though I'm inside my own four walls. Right. Right. No. And it's, it's funny, Tom, from a marketing standpoint, because one of the things I've gotten a chance to do in these two months is really focus on who my client is and where I think they're going to go. And as I really study the market and look at repositioning my brand, if I can use that term, I think the market is shifting towards wellness you're going to find people exercising more, particularly at home. So home gyms will become significant. They're also going to start eating well, right? They're going to be trying to get mentally healthy. There's this shift towards comfort, right? Mm -hmm. There used to be what we call the wow factor. I'm looking at messaging the ah factor, going from glam and glitz to more spa and comfort. And then with that in mind, probably one of the most significant things is I think people are going to be looking for the best value for their budget. So how do we position ourselves as, you know, the instrument or the conduit of being able to help people get the best for their money? And clean air filtration. Bring like in. there are lights that you can switch out with your regular bathroom light that have a, a germ yes. cleaning quality to them. Like yep. that there you stuff go. is going to start shipping yesterday. Like there is opportunity in the home space. And I take it with like so much love and hard work because Everick, in one way, are you like, somebody appreciates what I've been doing this whole time, guys. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, I've been doing this the whole time. I've been telling you, your spaces affect you. I change your life. Not in, but you know what I mean? By giving you a better living room. Like, I truly believe that or I wouldn't do it. And people look at it as such a luxury. And it's interesting that in this moment when all luxuries are stripped, the one luxury that remains, I will buy that $10 pillowcase. Yes, Exactly. As you talk to your friends, Bregan, not your clients, although I'm sure there's overlap, what's the mood as you talk to your friends? Worry, optimism, you know, hey, let's all get back to work. Look, you know, I home. am a what, what do... nerd on the inside more than anything. So I bought masks February 25th. I looked back. 
because I stay just with as much information as I can gather on things that people are or aren't paying attention to, right? I try to read not based in the norm and the news, right? What my friends say is very interesting because I will forever be the friend that my friends think are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Rick, you. who else did that tell <laughs> I know. This is why I love you guys. I I mean, it's so my friends, what are they saying? Some of them are, I, this is what I see happening. People are starting to relax and then they go from dipping their toe in the water to jumping in the deep end. And there's now enough information based in science that if everybody jumps into the deep end, this does not go good. I agree. It's very hard for me because I think that building a falsified security has a bigger possibility of turning into the Grand Canyon when it falls. So as a parent of young children, Bregan, how do you approach that? If, if you've got a more science-based approach, we'll say, a more conservative approach, when you have friends that you socialize with or maybe your kids socialize with aren't taking the same precautions, does it change the way oh, you're going to interact in the yeah. short run? Like my best friend who's my neighbor, just not that safe. Like she's like, but I can come over. I'm like, but no, you can't. <laughs> Love ya. See ya. Like she's literally knocked on the door and I like take the lock off and back up and I'm like, don't play. Don't play. You just went and got a coffee. Love you. Love you. You and I are cut from the same Um, cloth. But what I will (laughs) say is it's the residual, right? So I come in contact now with somebody like her because I'm loosening, because everybody's loosening. And in the last 48 hours, I have begun to be terrified (laughs) more so than I was before about the reality. But Nobody thought it was going to be this either, and we're fine, and we're here. And when you talk about 2008, I think one of the things that separates me with, like, my peer group and my age bracket is most people weren't in business at, like, my age group, like, in 2008. I was, and I remember Mm -hmm. it. You know what I mean? Like, I lived through it. (laughs) It's the point that I was trying to draw with, with the Great Depression. You know, folks that have a memory react differently than those that are just approaching it for the first time. I'll be very interested to see if we revisit this conversation in July, August, what things look like. Rick, the same question to you. When you talk to your friends out East. Yeah. Most of my friends are pretty conservative, but you know, you have to have to take into account. So my wife actually tested positive, was exposed to somebody who had the virus And then our friend group, um, as a result, was exposed. So I know five people who have had the virus. Um, Everybody went through it in a different way, but all survived. As a result, everybody is very methodical and calculating. So I don't know a lot of people who are like ready to jump in the deep end, unless they've had the virus and they have a misconception that they can't recatch it. So I'm like, yeah, live with that for this season. But next season, you might get caught again. So 
here's the here's the group that I hear this from the most. I live in Venice Beach. We're near the water. Everyone wants to go to the beach. No one wants to wear any clothes. Everyone wants to use Postmates and they want to see their friends. But their friends see their friends see their friends. And they probably are a transplant here from Kansas and they're 32 and their mom still lives in Kansas. They don't have anyone in their direct circle that it would affect. Yeah. Right? And their behaviors are cheersing beers right. on bikes and calling right. it social distancing. And you're like, dude, you just drank his. And the thing is, yeah. he was just in the grocery store <laughs> and wiped his nose. And the thing you, was, you the sound guy, like a mom, like, Regan. <laughs> oh, I am a mom. <laughs> I am and a that, mom. And that's the difference. You, you got two lives that you're looking at making sure that they survive. And these other people are like, I got nobody else I'm responsible for. Right. Well, I also have a mom with a compromised immune system. So I haven't, I haven't seen her. Do you like, understand? She's grandma. She wants to see the kids. She's like, but you guys have been inside. And I'm like, nope. Nope. Nuh-uh. Not going to be me. Yeah. <laughs> When's the next time you go to a restaurant so, or a movie theater? This is an interesting one. Eric, I want to ask you because... I almost feel like the moment that I go sit in a restaurant or bar is the moment I also am willing to get back on a plane and travel. Correct. So I think, I think that moment is far off yeah. as well as much closer than I think it is. So it's a funny question. So here's what I'd say to that. Whenever everybody else starts going, I'll probably be about four to eight weeks behind them. But I do have something a little more serious than that, which is I may be taking on a project in Dallas. It's a huge budget. And while I've done most of the work virtually creating floor plans and scope mm -hmm. and budget, there's no way I'm going to start mm -hmm. to procure a half a million dollar budget without physically seeing the place. I'm trying to decide, am I really going to get on a plane? Am I going to rent a, win a Winnebago? What am I going to do? <laughs> with the three of us like who are crazy in thought, right? To me, there's some reality in which, how is it any different than going to Ralph's? Nobody's been traveling. Nobody's been on a plane. You now know how to wear a mask. You now know how to wash your hands. Everybody else is doing the same. Because it's Except the plane, you're stuck in a tube. Yeah, the plane but, bothers okay. me. The plane bothers you. Yeah. I'm a little bit of a germaphobe, even before pandemic, right? <laughs> so. Yes, but like science tells us it's not airborne. And I, I hear ah, you. Ah, well, <laughs> you got me squirming. Okay, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> okay. Sci science tells us they don't but know. Uh, we don't have enough information, and that's my problem. On the airborne? Right. Okay. Yeah. I thought airborne on everything. Was the problem is there's just not enough information where you can make some really concrete decisions. So I'm very methodical. If I had some good information, I'd be making some wise decisions. But the fact is... I have is, a new business. What? Let's start mm -hmm. oxygen tanks for airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> can I bring my own oxygen? Oh, I'm in. I'm investing because I would travel with that, right? We'd be I traveling would use it. Like we're swimming, scuba diving. Yes, I'm in. 
<laughs> scuba diving masks for everyone, for all. We solved the problem. Wait, Tom, you didn't tell me she was as crazy as us. Yeah, well. Oh, that's excellent. I, was trying I to love that idea, Bree. And I'm, and I, Tom, I believe in your listener because I'm being all well, honest out here and laughing and joking with all of it. But tell me this. So let's let's get back to business for a second. So with this perspective that we all have to one degree or another, if we know that at least for the next three, four, five, six weeks, we're not eating in restaurants, we're not doing many of the normal things, that says that local restaurants are going to struggle, go out of business, you know, many other local businesses. So as you start to plan for the third quarter and fourth quarter, has this entered your th- thoughts yet as to how you budget you mean personally or from a business standpoint from a, from a business standpoint I mean, we know that you know we're getting through it but things are going to be much slower through the summer and the fall so as we start to get out of the house a little yeah, bit yeah so that that's where you know i take the focus that i've not un, unlike Bregan, i think Brigan, you're pretty savvy out there online i have not been marketing my business through social media and online. And so for me, that's new positioning. I do think as we come out of and stay in the pandemic, whichever we do, that, you know, I have to begin mining my next well online, right? Which I had not been. Um, So that's a real change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But I also think, you know, you are doing more business, you are, you do have the opportunity to take the risk of the plane to Dallas or not, you know? So even though uh, your decisions might be changed or more conservative, they're just different decisions, you know, like that's a big step to procure a client, so to speak. It's, it's more effort because it has a risk implicated to it that didn't exist (laughs) before. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I never considered myself in a risky business, but yeah, absolutely. Just a different decision. And you're right. I think the opportunities are going to be there. They're just going to be different. I mean, I have a project in Martha's Vineyard, a hospitality project and it stopped, but it's back in play. It's kind of ebbing and flowing because they don't know if they're going to have bookings this season, right? It's still too soon to decide whether or not August, which is, you know, I don't know what percent of their business, but call it 100% of their business is going to happen. And so, you know, again, that's another place I would generally be running to to do site visits. I haven't been able to do that. And even if I could, I would have to weigh in the risk because if I go out, then I come back home and I could infect somebody at home. Yeah. You're just taking different risks in business, I think right now. And I, and, and trying not to budget cut because I think we all understand what that does if we all do that. I also think, Tom, that although the three of us crazy people on this phone call may not go out to restaurants, I think a lot of people will. Ooh, wow. And I agree with you, Brigitte, but that hurts to think about that. I think, you're right. There are a lot of people that will go. I'm not one of them. Well, we'll know a lot more I'm Fourth worried, of July and shortly thereafter. I'm worried, I'm we'll worried about what happens idea. when yeah, the stimulus ahead. and you've let everybody out. Yes. That, let's just yes. talk. Like, when the stimulus runs out. If you give... Any and if we gave everybody at the same time a five thousand dollar credit card limit last year, right? 
everyone would be who they still are today. Most people don't take that $5,000 credit card loan and turn it into something. It just becomes, you know, something you're paying interest on on the side. That's the (laughs) American way. That's the American way. And so we just gave everybody, in my opinion, a $5,000 credit card loan. And they're going to go out and buy a TV or go out and eat. And then they're going to panic because there's not another check coming that I know of. And you're going to match it perfectly in the storm with everybody being released out in the wild to be sicker than before. That terrifies me. Right. And the, the added perspective to that is usually there's someone to save us. So that's why I'm going to go buy a television. I'm going to go eat my money away because I'm anticipating that this U.S. government is going to protect me. When we get to that point, when they see we've euthanized all these pigs and chickens and now suddenly there's a shortage on meat, I'm with you, Brigham. People are going to panic. People are going to panic. I don't I, I don't want to. We don't know that. Right. I hope I'm wrong and just the paranoid. I, I have to say, while opportunity exists in business, while, you know, my business has not come to a screaming halt because people like their homes, my family's healthy, we're all, I still am fearful for the future. Like, there's still a fear in all of this that all of us have that's going to affect all of us. And you really, we should be asking like a psychologist. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's, it's a real question with lasting impact on consumer preference and as a, as a nation, how things change. We'll just have to see, but I will underline, I'd like to end on a, on a positive note, although I haven't found it yet, so, so we'll give it just a second. But if we have unemployment running, reported unemployment is at 13 14% right now. It's much higher than that when you figure other folks in. Uh, if we're running unemployment at that kind of number, you know, this is something that we as a society have not experienced. When you add that with the entire global element, we may yeah. be in for some real, really big changes. You know, it's we'll just have to yeah, see. Yeah, but I was going to say, I'm I, gonna can, ask I can now, pivot though. and bring Go it ahead, to sorry. a very positive note. Think about the people, and Please. I'm, I'm going to cut right to the chase connection. So what these tough times have dropped in our lap is this desire to connect. So there are people that I might talk to once a month, once a week, who I talk to almost daily now, right? My mom in particular, if I miss a day, she complains that I didn't call her yesterday as though it was an entire month. (laughs) We're also starting to make, you know, my wife made sourdough bread. We eat out a lot. She's been cooking. I eat vegan. She's been cooking vegan. Say that to say that, you know, even though these times are tough, it's really made us much more conscious about our loved ones and how we, I hate the word nest, how we prepare our homes and ourselves and our food and our nourishment, right? There's just something to me that's positive about what's happening. I, I know gonna, I agree with that sentiment and I'm feeling it. You know, I'm, I have two boys at home that I could not be around as much as I physically oh, have been yes. around. In the last, I mean, I was on set for three months. They lived with my parents and I got to see them once a week. Right. And all of a sudden I'm inside 
And at first, nobody in the home other than, you know what I mean? Me, but I'm still operating business, but I'm doing it with children in the home. And it's interesting. And we have to understand each other and we have to grow and like, they have still kids. And it's, it's very, I do like this positive note and, and I. That's beautiful though, Brigham. You just hit it. That's awesome. Promise last question for each of you. Brigham, is there one design tip you want to share? I guess I will say that I am hopeful that out of this particular moment that we're experiencing right now, that in interior design, that people start to remember function and comfort is ultimate luxury. I'd say, and I say it even in normal times, don't be afraid to express yourself at home. And I think it's particularly important now because you're spending so much time at home. Really think about creating an environment that feeds your soul. Yep. Yep. It's not about how much you paid for it. It's not about the pretty chair that you don't use in the corner. Your home is meant to be lived in. Yes. Thank you both very much. I know we ran over. Anytime. Maybe in the next three months we'll Let's follow. Let's do it. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't wait three months. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Take care. Thanks. All right. I'll talk to you both soon. Take good care.